Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, welcome back. Sharp Money, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. John Von Model, Jonathan Von Tobel, of course, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Farley's going to join now, NFL handicapper. FarleyBets.com. You can check out the podcast, Laying the Points. My man, Chris Farley, finished fifth in the 2021 Circa Millions contest, pulled in 114K, which ain't bad. And he says, Hi. First off, we got to say this big football season ahead. You know how I can tell? Farley got a haircut. That's a clean cut, my yeah. friend. Yeah, got you. Well, it's the dog days of summer too, as you know. So uh, I better I better be buzzed and ready and prepped in any way that I can for this season. <laughs> Looking good, and you know what's pretty cool? A little crossover here. You're getting involved in some DraftKings. DraftKings they've scaled out their uh, tournaments this year. So if you want to get involved for ten bucks, fifty bucks, fifty thousand, you're going to be involved in the main event, the ATS pool. And I think you said, how much is it to enter? Five hundred. Yeah, the main event is five hundred. That that's a it's a pretty wide disparity, isn't it, between five hundred and fifty thousand? But hey, you got choices for all all types of sports betters out there. So I'll I'll be in the five hundred one. Uh, at least one entry in that one, not able to get out to the circuit this year. It's really heartbreaking, but you know, you, you got to get to Vegas to enter that contest. So I, I have to be in a contest of some sort this year. It's DK. So, you know, Chris, we always talk about strategy, right? In these contests, but I'll ask you in this fashion, when does strategy kick in, right? Because I think at the beginning, it's easy to talk about strategy, but you just got to pick winners until a point. Then you can get strategic, right? Strategy doesn't come along until a little bit later, or maybe it comes earlier. Yeah, no, I think that's really sharp advice, right? I, you know, you just want to get off to a good start. Um, we know all the circa first place finishers so far have hit around 70% ATS, which yep. <laughs> if, if that sounds or feels impossible, it, I mean, it is for most people, right? You need some luck. Um, but since that's the case, you're, you're talking, you need three out of five or four out of five, hopefully all five picks almost every single week. And if you get off to a rough start, you know, it's, I mean, really tough already to climb yourself out of there. So you just want to start strong. And since there are so many contestants now, right, the um, brand of Circa is certainly growing. The brand of DK is certainly growing. There are going to be more contestants. So if you're at a good spot halfway through the season, I would say usually around halfway is when I start looking at, well, not only do I have to make the right picks, but I might consider some contrarian picks on top of it, right? Trying not to pick what the rest of the crowd is picking as well. Uh, so, you know, you, you do have to start to consider some of those contest strategy options as well, right? Cause it's not just about winning. Well, you mentioned starting strong, you finished fifth in 2021. There were plenty of contestants that year. Can you walk us through the kind of stretch run? Because I would imagine you start to grip a little bit. You start to get a little nervous, maybe start to think what your competitors are going to do at that point. Can you walk us through the stretch run in 2021 when you finished fifth? Yeah, I believe we were in around 200th place. Uh, you know, don't quote me on this, but with a few weeks left, we were in about from 200 to 150, I believe, like in in that range. Um, and something I've just been trying to tell people about betting in general, but especially if you're in a contest, 
as much as you want to go contrarian there at the end, stick with what you know. You know, I mean, it's very hard to have an expert's grasp on every NFL team, right? All 32 teams, everything about the locker room, offense, defense, coaches, even after all that, you know, a, pr a pretty big sample size that at that point in the season. So we stuck to, you know, my buddy who joined it with me, he was an Eagles fan. I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> we stuck to a lot of NFC East, uh, you know, stuck to the teams that we felt that we were stronger with at that point, you know, that we had uh, really solid power ratings based on results throughout the season. And we didn't really deviate, right? We kept on coming back to the same teams. I couldn't tell you off the top of my head what those teams were. But, you know, at that point in the season, you should have a good self-awareness of where you've done well that season. What are, what are your tendencies? And then hopefully at the end, you kind of have an edge from that perspective because you're evaluating your own performance throughout the season and maybe some things you got wrong too and some teams you might want to avoid at the end. So um, that's what we did. You know, we didn't think as much contrarian that year. We just ended up getting a lot of four and ones and five and O's in those final weeks. Um, and, and also you need a little bit of luck guys. You, you always need yep. a little bit of luck mm -hmm. down that stretch. I think, I think it was week, week 18, the bills were facing, I believe the jets at the time had no reason to cover, still covered that game. And that's pro I mean, that was probably a $50,000 difference for us. How, as the, as it went along and as you got deeper and you felt like you were going to get something out of this, whatever it was, how did the viewing habits change? Because I, I actually placed <laughs> in a six-week contest at one point, and by the time I got to the last week and I thought I was going to have a crack at like about $50,000, that week I just sat in my room by myself and watched every single game that I had something on. Did the viewing habits change at all? Did you get more ornery as it went along because you were actually in on something? Oh, it was it was really nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, I, I, I think yeah. we were at one or two bars pretty much every every Sunday. You know, it was like our main spot. We stuck to it. Uh, I you know, can't say that we had our emotions in check the entire time. You know, I would say I've had some growth since then as far as the emotional roller coaster that you could take yourself on, right? Because in the, in the NFL, the volatility alone is going to create some losses. Uh, but no, you know, we didn't have um, necessarily any routines in place as far as that goes, but we did always watch it together. I think that kind of increased the camaraderie. If you got people who support you, or if you're just in it by yourself, you could just be around people who know you and support you in the contest. Uh, I think that's a big, a big part of it because it, it gets very nerve wracking there at the end. 114,000, kind of a game changer. Congratulations. Chris Farley joins us here at Farley Bets, farleybets.com. Check out the podcast, Laying the Points. Let's talk preseason because you saw it last night. Howell and the starters for the commanders played a first half and you saw mostly second and third stringers for the Ravens. So it's interesting to kind of try to follow along with the strategy. Let's talk. You've got preseason week three strategy. Let's talk about that Farley. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say this to be completely honest. Week three is usually, I mean, since it's changed only three weeks, right? It used to be week four for me. Um, this is generally a week that I stay away from. Uh, you know, we've seen very similar results in the total so far. You know, week one average opening total 35.7, games average 39 and a half. Week two average opening total went up a little bit, 38. Games are still averaging 38.6. So that 35 to 40 range is very significant in the preseason as far as totals go. I, I really don't know which way to look this week, right? It's probably going to fall within that range again. But we saw I mean, last night that was what a 55 point game or so, um, 56, 57, something like that. Um, you know, but you. You do see some ranges in there. In, in general, I think the motivation is is a lot harder at this point, right? Week two has that very obvious angle. Teams maybe that lost in the previous week, or maybe a unit that didn't play well, or a quarterback didn't, that didn't play well that's competing for a spot. Maybe you can expect some more motivation there, more reason for them to perform well. Week three at this point in the NFL season, these these players and teams are thinking about week one, staying healthy. So in general, I stay away from it. Uh, I'll say this, some inflated lines, right? 49ers minus seven at home against the Chargers. Jaguars minus seven at home against the Dolphins. Broncos minus six at home against the Rams. I mean, I understand all, all those lines. Um, and, you know, some have gone up a little bit, right? Sharps maybe like those lines. Uh, that's a lot of points in the preseason. You know, right? one and two are bigger key numbers than in the regular season. So I, I usually lean towards those sides. but not too many bets for me in the final week of the preseason just because of what's about to come, right? Wait, motivation has to wane at least a little bit. Chris, really quick, going back to your contest, you said you do it with a group of friends? 
I used to do it with my buddy. That's not happening anymore. It just it's just me at this point. But uh, you know, I definitely leverage as much information as I can from others well, along the way. Because I was curious, you know, the, the years that you did it with somebody, what's the dynamic like, right? You know, when you're talking about yeah. five selections with two guys, what are those conversations? You know, when <laughs> one or two goes on a cold streak, how you handle it? Because that the the dynamic of adding somebody always fascinates me. Yeah, well, uh, you know, fully transparent. Last year we entered circuit together too, and it didn't it didn't work out. I mean. Guy's not even my friend anymore, to be honest. So, you know, this is, I mean, it's big money at stake, right? So at the time in 2021, we we had such great chemistry. I think we both respected each other. Uh, Some weeks, you know, maybe he had three out of the five um, picks as far as confidence goes. You know, some weeks I had more. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's a lot of listening and you have to, I mean, the NFL is a contrarian league, right? Like it's week to week. Everybody kind of overreacts. Um, so you have to be open and you have to take those games that are really tough to take, right? I mean, it, it's it's tough to take a 13-point favorite, you know, sometimes. But those have hit a lot, you know, in previous seasons. Things like that. We weren't afraid to hit on contrarian lines. And at least at that point, um, we got along really well and we listened to each other. And we had the same meeting every single week, twice a week, actually, uh, where we had as long of a discussion as we needed to have. So, um, you know, get be with somebody who respects you, vice versa, and that there's high chemistry with. It's big money on the table there, JVT. Emotions get involved. And That's why I do it Farley's by myself. a pretty laid-back dude. I, Farley, you see, hey, can you uh, you want to do another segment with us? Because you got week one bets that we, we I want to get to as well. You got time, Farley? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Um, just quickly before we go to break, just to put into context, Jonathan and, and Chris, like – you're talking about 70% winners. I think it was, you know, maybe it was Billy Walters recently that said, look, if you're hitting 56, 57% in a football season, you had a hell of a year. And I'm talking hell of a year. There's so many new content providers that jump in and say, I'm hitting 65. I'm hitting 70%. First off, no, you're not. And then Jonathan, just to top it off, if you're just consistently getting a little over that 55 into 56, 57, and you're placing a lot of bets, you're doing a hell of a job and making some cash. Yeah, right. And that's what, that's what Farley was talking about in terms of these winners. Like it's insane watching some of these guys go and gals and, Go off at like a 71% clip over the course of an entire regular season and five picks a week. That's the other part. (laughs) It's intimidating, Chris. 70% is wild. What did you hit when you finished fifth? We were uh, 68% that year. So, so close to that 70%. I think that would have um, placed us in like second or third last season. Right. So you never know how high a certain mark is going to get you, but I'll, I'll just end with this. Make sure you're having fun too. Right. Expect to lose. I know the Las Vegas Chris says that all the time, too. It's, a, it's really smart advice. Expect that your money's okay. going to go away. Have fun. Hope for the best. 68%. My goodness. Finishes fifth. Chris Farley, professional handicapper. FarleyBets.com. Laying the points is the pod. And we're coming back. He's got some week one and week two bets in the NFL. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast 
NBA DNA with Hannah Storm digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Check out the splits every 10 minutes updated straight from DraftKings money and bets for every game. Again, updated every 10 minutes. Today's games and future events as well. It's our most popular option over at vsin.com. That's the betting splits. Make sure you check them out today. vsin.com slash subscribe. It's vsin.com slash subscribe. Jonathan Von Tobel. I'm Patrick Maher. Dustin Sweetelson, of course. Chris Farley joins us. NFL handicapper. Farleybets.com. Make sure you check out the podcast. Lane, the points. Of course, we were just talking so much about the contest, so we wanted to bring them back for another segment to talk about week one and week two bets in the NFL. Finished fifth in 2021, circa millions. Great job. Um, first off, before we get into week one, what did you think about the two teams we saw last night? The commanders, as you know, are sitting six and a half as far as the win total. Uh, the Howell question continues, but it's a loaded roster defensively. Have skill. The offensive line is a question. Where are you at on this commanders team? I, I think the commanders might be feisty just because of the energy that has to be with that franchise now, right? Like we, we saw it last night now, you know, it's not like the uh, crowd was filled to capacity or anything, but uh, you know, I think this is a team that can finally turn a corner, right? The Dan Snyder era is over. Uh, they have a new young quarterback as Sam Howell, who looks pretty darn good in the preseason. I mean, I love the way that Jake Fromm fought last night. I, I put a live bet on the commanders plus 200. So I was pretty happy to see them win it at the end. Um, it, it, it's just a team that maybe, you know, if, it feels like their DNA changed a little bit, right? Like now there's a new excitement, a new freedom in the room. You've heard guys like Chase Young talk about that, how they just, it, there's just a different feel to anything to, to everything. There. There's more positivity. You like that for an organization. Uh, I, I, I question Ron Rivera, like as a coach at this point, sometimes it doesn't seem like he's all that invested, to be honest with you, you know, some of his messaging at the um, press conferences and whatnot. But uh, this is a very talented team. I think it's a top five front seven in the NFL as far as their defense goes. Uh, and, you know, we'll see what they can do on offense, but they have plenty of talent. If, if Sam Howell is kind of like the Green Bay Packers, in my opinion, right? If, if Sam Howell can bring some steady play at quarterback, this is a good roster that can win and certainly cover ATS. Well, from a win total standpoint, that was the thing that we discussed a lot yesterday. Six and a half. Where do you? Where would you go on on uh, six and a half? Yeah, it's it, that one's really tough for me, just because of the division itself. I mean, I, yep. I expect the Eagles to regress a little bit. Um, you know, just because their schedule is harder, right? They did lose Shane Steichen, right? They lost a defensive coordinator, some linebackers. I actually love the Cowboys this season in the NFC East, and as a Giants fan, that's not easy for me to say. But, you know, there, there's a lot of buy signs on the Giants right now, too, right? I mean, Dayball, everyone wants to play for Dayball. Uh, clearly, he's he's a great coach, our already one coach of the year. Daniel Jones is looking good in the preseason. They have more weapons on offense. And I think they could have a top five defensive line. So it, it's it's just a tough division. I think six and a half is right. I could see it. I could see it going either way. Um, I, I haven't touched that win total just because it's it's a tough one. Well, you do love Dallas. Let's start with Dallas at the Giants because you're taking the three and a half with the G-men in week one. Let's discuss it. Yeah, I mean, first of all, right, you, uh, as, a, as, a, as a sports better, you have to recognize the three in the NFL, right? That, that's still the most prominent key number out there. And 
these, these are two teams I'm taking in week one. I'll talk about the giants first, a home dog. And you're getting that hook at three and a half. You know, one of the things you want to try and do as a better, just in general is always look for opportunities to middle. Um, if the giants continue to look as good as they have in the preseason, especially in week two, I, th I think it's realistic that maybe we get a three here. I don't know if we get a two and a half, uh, you know, but maybe we get a three. Um, and th this is an NFC East battle, right? The giants are at home for what it's worth. The Cowboys have not won a week one game since 2019. Of course they faced the bucks two years in a row. Uh, so they've seen a lot of Tom Brady recently, but um, you know, at home, the giants NFC East with the way they're coached, I don't necessarily think that they're going to win this game, but I think that hook means a lot. Uh, you know, we've seen them battle closely with the Cowboys recently. Uh, I, I do think the Cowboys are the better team, but week one is always an anomaly in the sense that all these teams consider themselves even right. They all have hope. So you see teams fight really hard that after week one might, might not look so good. Right. And I don't think that's necessarily going to be the giants. I think they're a good team, but you're giving the giants at home three and a half points with that hook over the three, just, you know, from pure numbers and what we see data wise in the NFL, I think it's a smart play. All right. So I'm a Colts fan. Uh, I do enjoy the selection here. So walk us through why Indianapolis is live against Jacksonville in week one. It's it's scary, right? Because I mean, you got a rookie coach, a yep. rookie quarterback, and Anthony Richardson. Uh, a lot of unknowns there, but you still have a very talented Colts roster in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, I would argue their defense. There's still a lot of parts there that they can improve on and work on, and and you know, just become a better all-around team. And you see this tape from Anthony Richardson. If this guy can just not turn over the ball, his athletic ability, his arm strength and ability, th this game means a lot. For, uh, to the Colts as an organization, I think, right. The Jaguars surged last season in the AFC uh, South, you know, made the playoffs, won a playoff game. And Trevor Lawrence destroyed the Colts last year in two games. This is their week one opener. It's going to be a big deal for the Colts. And again, you're getting three and a half here, right? So do I think the Colts, especially this season are on the same level as the Jaguars? I do not, but week one is, is uh, almost always an aberration compared to the rest of the season, as far as how you see these teams stack up against better teams. Again, that hook, the three, a key number giants and Colts at home, three and a half point dogs. I just, uh, it's one of those bets that seems so gross and so scary, but as a pro, you just kind of have to take it. And week one is such a vacuum, Jonathan, I'll start with you here. I think Farley said it. Well, it, it equal playing the season starts to you know, even out as far as who's legit and who's not. But week one, it's just completely different. It's a total vacuum week. Let's go back. I think it's now three years. We'll use the same matchup. Uh, I had Brent Musburger almost cursing me out after he used his survivor entry on the Jacksonville Jaguars, or excuse me, the Indianapolis yes. Colts, uh, when yes. they were like eight-point favorites against Jacksonville Jaguars, and they lost week one. So, like, to your point, like it, it creates some madness because you do get time to get ready. You don't, you like, while your divisional opponents, there are changes to the roster that you don't really know quite yet. Anthony Richardson is a wild card. So you don't know how he's going to play. I agree. Like, week one can get nuts sometimes. Such a vacuum. It's, it's, yeah, it's, we, it's really – go ahead, Farley. No, I'm sorry. I was going to say, we, you know, we've seen Shane Steichen, right? I mean, I, this is the first time as a head coach, yep. but he vastly improved Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts. I mean, you got to think he had some kind of effect there. I think he can make Anthony Richardson into at least a serviceable rookie quarterback. And with all the skill that that kid has, yeah, they just need to stay in this game. You know, just, it feels like a field goal for me. I, I'll give you a team. And just as this is random about a quarterback potentially getting better. And it's a guy that we already love. And that's Herbert GBT. I'll start with you losing Lombardi, who is terrible as an OC. We're not talking about our guy, Michael. We're talking about the nephew of, and that is Joe Lombardi. And he is a terrible play caller in comes Kellen Moore. I think that's going to be a miss for the Cowboys. I think Kellen Moore is legit as far as an OC and he's super young. I think Herbert, let's talk about that division. Obviously the chiefs, a dollar 65 JBT, the chargers plus three forty but I think the offense gets better this year with Kellen Moore. Yeah, the, the chargers are going to be my guilty pleasure. I, I, cause I agree. And if Kellen Moore is going to increase that average depth of target and allow Justin Herbert to uncork that arm that he's got and start to take some shots downfield and get a little bit more aggressive and open this offense up. I, I think the, 
barring health, because health has been an issue for the Chargers in years past, I think the sky's the limit for that team. And I would go contrarian here, I guess. So this is a hot take. And if Brandon Staley goes back to form in that he's actually taking the right yes. risks and trying to increase win probability and doing what he did that made so many people upset. I think if you put all those things together, this could be a team that like the finally the offseason in which the, the hype is somewhat quiet on the Chargers. I think this is the year to kind of buy in. Nine and a half, Farley, win total for the Chargers over at DraftKings. Your thoughts? I think that number is right, too, but I'll say this about the Chargers, right? They they were a terrible ATS team two years ago. They were a winning ATS team last year. Uh, and, you know, Kellen Moore, I just think he needs to transfer everything he did for the Cowboys. Just bring it right over to the Chargers, right? Because you saw it, it was almost like there was too much creativity or too much expected of Dak, which I know is crazy to say. You know, Dallas Cowboys quarterback is getting paid well. But all those things are going to translate better in Justin Herbert's arm and his arm talent. Uh, if, you know, if their coach over there for the chargers, if he can just focus on defense and the team now, all of a sudden, Brandon Staley, I think, I think the chargers in general, they have a winning recipe because you know, he, I don't know how involved he should even be in the offense as it is. So Justin Herbert getting more support, more creativity. I think that's a scary thing. And I, I love the way they played the chiefs, right? Who's the only team in the NFL every year that's in the super bowl race. The Kansas City Chiefs, Chargers are not afraid of them. Played them really close last year. Could be an interesting year for the Chargers. I would lean to an over, but I can't take an over at nine and a half. It's going to be a great season. We look forward to talking to you throughout and talking contest strategy as well. Chris Farley, NFL handicapper. You can find him on Twitter at Farley Bets. You can check out the podcast, Laying the Points, and the website, FarleyBets.com. Thanks, Chris. Appreciate you. Thanks so much, guys. See you soon. Thanks, man. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Coming up next, and JBT, I think you're into it. Appreciate it, guys. And thank that you. is, m- m- thank you, buddy. Uh, Inner and Messi just yeah. won League's Cup. So, again, they're going to Apple Cup now, so they haven't even, Messi hasn't even played a proper MLS match. Our next guest was there in Nashville for the League's Cup final. His name is Braden Gall, Athlon Sports, so we'll talk to him about that. And a little college football next here, Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Get rewarded before you ever place a bet with G Bank Visa Signature Card. Unlike other cards that decline sports betting transactions or treat them as a cash advance, the G Bank Visa Signature Card can load directly to your favorite sportsbook apps. You're going to earn 1% cash rewards on gaming and sports app loads every time and 2% on other purchases. G Bank Visa is a card designed for gaming and sports fans everywhere and works with apps like DraftKings, BetMGM, and Caesars. To learn more, go to gbank/vsin. That's g.bank/ vsin. Make sure you check out G-Bank Visa signature card. Okay, we got you back here, Jonathan Von Tobel. Going to be joined by Braden Gall. Of course, 440 sports owner. You can hear him ESPN Radio, also the podcast SEC Football Live. And a football show, which covers the Titans. And we say hi to Braden. First off, hi, Braden. We have to start with the most exciting thing that has nothing to do with college football. And that is you were where everybody wanted to be on Sunday. And that is the league's cup final. Yeah, I said it. And Messi was in the house, went to penalties, was an absolutely amazing game. The atmosphere looked awesome. Tell us about it. Yeah, I'm not sure I've ever seen fireworks go off uh, in a road team's like stadium. Like I'm at Nashville SC. I'm a season ticket holder. My wife and I go. We don't sell our tickets. It's unlike any atmosphere I've ever been to for a soccer match. And Messi scores, which was pure brilliance. Yep. And then they shot the fireworks off in in our stadium for a road player. I, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, people were wearing Nashville SC hats and messy shirts. Uh, it was unlike anything I've ever seen. Gretzky's played here. Brady's played here in Nashville professionally. Um, you know, Crosby won a cup here. I, I went to game six in the Western conference finals. The music city miracle was here. It's not as good as some of those, but it's pretty damn close. I it's, it's unlike anything I've ever seen as a sports fan. And I've been very blessed to go to a lot of cool events. So it, it was, it was pretty awesome. And uh, glad we did not sell our tickets. Even my wife was like blown away by the whole, the whole deal. So pretty cool. So for sure. Braden, as somebody who is a season ticket holder and who I assume now then watches a lot of MLS, 
Can you explain the gap between what Messi is as a player and what these MLS guys are up against? And the reason why I ask is he is he is six to one to lead the league in scoring, a goal scored, despite the fact that, again, correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not up to date with the rules, he has technically not scored an MLS goal yet and is 13 correct. in the hole. So explain to me what this gap is because some of these numbers, they're in last place. They're like nine to one to win the MLS Cup. This is insanity. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So clearly Messi is pretty good at soccer because this was the worst team in the Eastern Conference before he got there. Like literally the worst team couldn't score goals. And you're right. So like Hani Mukhtar, which is ironic, Hani Mukhtar is the reigning MVP who plays for Nashville SC. And I don't have the number in front of me, but like, yeah, I mean, you get to 15, 16, 18, 20 ish goals and you're probably leading the league. And, and he scored, what, I think 11 in eight games. Don't quote me on that, but something like that, mm-hmm. 10 or 11 goals in eight games. And, and it's all been Leagues Cup stuff. So, uh, it, it, you know, I think he had one, I think he has one MLS match, but I'd have to go back and even check that. It's, 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 it's just like, this is not like David Beckham coming here to the United States at the very, very, very end of his career. It is not like T.R. Henry or Wayne Rooney. Like, it's not like those guys who were washed. This dude just won the World Cup against Mbappe in France and is still pretty much at the height of his powers. And I think it's because he wants to be bigger than Jordan worldwide. I think it's because he wants to bring Argentina to the United States in 2026. And you cannot be the greatest and biggest, most popular athlete in the world if you don't also dominate the United States market. I'm pretty sure Apple knew all about this when they signed the MLS TV deal. In my opinion, that's pure conspiracy theory, but that's my guess. Uh, and I and I just think he's he knows that he's got four years here to dominate MLS, make a fortune, and then r- try to defend his World Cup title on U.S. soil, and that would sort of cement him on a plat a plateau of athlete worldwide that, you know, Ali, Jordan, very few people in in the history of the world have ever gotten to. And and just to kind of provide context, in my estimation, Mukhtar could play anywhere in the world. He's world class, of course. As you know, Braden, MLS MVP, but it's just Messi is just so different. He's just built differently. When he went left quadrant, it was just like you were sitting there. People talk before that they kind of disregard maybe the goaltending and the goalkeeping in MLS. And but when when he scored that goal against Nashville, it was just mind blowing. Yeah, so it's funny you you talk about Hani, who's the reigning MVP, can't even make the German national team. Like best player in MLS, <laughs> basically yes. two year two years in a row, can't even make the German national team. He played on the German national like U sixteen, seventeen, eighteen team, and then couldn't make the team after that. And and my buddies are like, "This is nuts! What are you talking about?" So my it's funny we were sitting there, and my wife was like, "Well, what? So what makes him so special? Like, what makes him great?" And I say, "Well, he basically gets triangled like." teamed for 65, 70, 75 minutes in a match. And he kind of just stays right where he's supposed to. And it leads to the defense sort of focusing on him. But then he just, he kind of finds that one moment, especially in the final third. And he just, he does something that no other human being can do. And like, literally I, I felt very cool because my wife was like five minutes after I said that to her, like Messi does what he did <laughs> right in front of us goes around Walker Zimmerman, who, by the way, is the best defensive player in MLS Correct. center back for the U S men's national team and captain. And Messi just makes him look stupid. And then scores on a, you know, like you said, upper 90, basically. And like, we, the place goes nuts. Like we're all rooting for Nashville SC. And we were all like, wow, all right, way to go. Like it was, <laughs> it was pretty fun. It was pretty cool. I've never seen anything like it. Um, again, I've, I've been to a lot of, NBA finals, Super Bowls, uh, you know, I've been to a lot of great events, been very fortunate. And this one had like a, a, a different energy and different vibe to it from like an international worldwide global, just, you know, transcends generations, transcends sports fans. People were asking for tickets all week at people's offices that don't care about soccer. Like it just, it took over the city for a week. Jonathan, I'm going to ask you what I've asked others and I want to ask Braden as well. And then we'll get to football. I promise. He is in my estimate, and I love soccer, so I'm going to preface that by saying this. In my estimation, he's the best at his sport compared to anybody I've ever seen, and I'm 45 years old. So the second would be Gretzky, the third would be Jordan, but one for me at his sport, relatively speaking, compared to anybody else I've ever seen. I'll start with you, Braden. Messi's the best at his his particular sport. What would you say? I mean, I think he's the greatest player of all time. I don't know if the gap in soccer is as large as the gap for Gretzky. 
just because I think the gap for Gretzky Fair. between number one and number two all time is probably a larger gap. I mean, there's Pele, there's Ronaldo, there's other guys you could argue. I would disagree with that. I would agree with you. I think he's the greatest of all time. Uh, I, I think that, you know, like Jordan, is he the greatest of all time? You can have some debates. I, I go on the air all the time and say, I don't think Tom Brady's clearly the greatest of all time. I think there's a lot of great quarterbacks who are on the top tier that all kind of are equally, you know, just elite and near perfect. If you want to try to compare generations and say that John Elway was a better player than P Tom Brady, I'd be fine with that. I don't think it's that crazy. So I, th I think he's number one in, 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 you know, my opinion, soccer all time worldwide. The, th the thing to consider is how many people are playing the game, which also puts into context how great right. he is. Because when you talk about hockey players, Wayne Gretzky is one of X number of humans that have ever played hockey, which is like eight countries, right? Scandinavia, Russia, maybe, maybe Switzerland, Canada, United States. Uh, how many people play football worldwide? Not very many as kids. And it's, and it's actually getting smaller in the United States. Hundreds of millions of people worldwide tried to become messy and <laughs> yes. he's the guy that did it. And so I, to me, like if you start doing math on this, it, it gets real clear how, how incredible he is. Jonathan. Uh, I would say maybe I, I think I'd throw Magnus Carlson up there, a world chess player. I think he's the greatest one that I've seen in my generation. Um, but it, like, I, I think in all seriousness, I, I think, I think you hit it on the head. I mean, you can argue too, like when you look at other sports, like I think in terms of just playing the game and his cerebral command of it, you can argue that Peyton Manning was one of the best football players of his generation too. Yeah. So like, I, I think that totally agree. W when a guy like Messi at the very least, there's very few that you're going to compare to him as opposed to some of these other sports where you can have legitimate debates about the greatness of these guys. Yeah, when you talk, I think Brady and, and said that, it perfectly. When you talk scale and scope, and I'll let you finish, Brady, you just think about the hundreds of millions that are involved to try to be messy and how he separates. I think that's the difference. Yeah, and we had that conversation all week in Nashville because Gretzky played in Nashville against the Predators his very last season. It was the Preds' very first season in 1999. And we, our conversation was, who's the greatest athlete that's ever played in Nashville? And I've seen Aaron Rodgers. I've seen Tom Brady. I've seen Peyton Manning. I've seen Patrick Mahomes. Like Gretzky in his sport is greater than anybody else, but I, I'm not sure I'd put anybody ahead of Messi at this point. Like I, I think worldwide, he, he's bigger and badder than anything I've ever seen in this town. And you know what's crazy? And Braden, please stick around because we just a few more minutes after the break because I want to ask you about football. But what's crazy, this is a great conversation. What's crazy, and Jonathan, who's younger, may scoff at this. The greatest quarterback I've ever seen is, is absolutely John, uh, John Elway. Like, I know it's hard to explain to younger people, but it's like John Elway. It's not even a sentimentality thing. He was just, to me, the best quarterback I've seen. Physical it's, tools. It's, yeah, it's just like overall package. I, I never saw anybody better than Elway, but that's that's just an old man talking. When we return, Braden Gall is going to continue, of course, 440 Sports Owner. You can check him out on ESPN Radio as well and the podcast. We're back. It's Sharp Money, VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, football is ready to kick off, and VSIN has everything you need to make this a successful season. Our college football betting guide features best bets from writers and on air personalities, along with all 133 FBS teams previewed. Our NFL betting guide will help you tackle the upcoming season, get in depth profiles of every team, including advanced stats, proven betting systems, proprietary betting trends, plus best bets on season win totals, futures, and props. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19. Go to vsin.com slash subscribe. Remember, when you do, if you use the promo code Billy, you get a free copy of Billy Walter's new book. So make sure you check that out as well. Jonathan Von Tobel, I'm Patrick Maher. We've got Adam Burke coming up at the top of the hour. Of course, Dustin Sweetelson as well producing. Uh, but Braden Gall joins us for another segment. He humored us with the messy talk. So now we get the football. Of course, you can check him out. ESPN radio 440 sports owner, the podcast, sec football live, a football show as well, which covers the Titans, which leads us to my first question. And that is about the Titans. You always start the conversation with Brable. Everybody nationally loves the coach, uh, but let's talk about the team. I'll set you up on the season win total, but I just would love to hear from you a preview on the Titans forthcoming year. Well, I, I think they're, they're doing the rebuild on the fly. I think Mike Vrabel is worth at least a win. If not two, I think he's one of the top five, six, seven coaches in the in the, in the league that they are a better roster than they were last year. They've had two seasons of the worst injury luck. One of which was the worst in NFL history. So you'd have to think that would swing back the other direction. Although Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips both banged up already at wide receiver, but they have hop Deandre Hopkins. So I think they're in better situation. The offensive line is better. Ryan Tannehill is, is actually a little undervalued. I think in terms of his production, he's been a top eight passer in terms of all the adjusted efficiency metrics since he took the starting job in 2019, all of that to say, are they one of the best teams in the AFC? No. Are, are they capable of winning the division? Absolutely. They almost did it on the road against Jacksonville with a quarterback they signed off the street eight days before Josh Dobbs. So if they can do that, then I think they can absolutely win the division. Is it going to happen? I have no idea, but I think they're, I would consider them, uh, them and Jacksonville basically tied atop the AFC South. And it's probably going to come down to who wins those two games. What does the worst version of Tennessee, like everything goes wrong for them this season, what does that look like? Because I, I bet two things, uh, I bet two teams in terms of worst record. And the long shot I took was the Tennessee Titans because I feel like there's a universe in which you're getting a lot more Will Levis than you really wanted uh, and whatnot. And that turns into a pretty poor record. What do you make of what the worst version of Tennessee looks like? I mean, I, that would require Ryan Tannehill severe injury. Mm -hmm. uh, I think Ryan Tannehill, the, the, the beauty of the rebuild on the fly, which is sort of the, the model in the NFL, right, is you don't have to suck for like four years to right. – to get better. You can do it very, very quickly. That's the entire point of the NFL. And like Ryan Tannehill is scheduled to be the starter for 17 games. And if he is the starter for 17 games with that defensive line, the, one of the best in the NFL with that head coach. I mean, I think you saw some of the worst possible case scenario last year. Again, Ryan Tannehill missed a bunch of time. They had to start a rookie quarterback and Malik Willis that wasn't ready yet. And they were one of the most injured teams in the NFL. I, I don't know how it repeats that like three years in a row. Sure. They lost Eric Henry the year before that. So I, I think your, your, you know, even your worst case scenario, I think is like seven wins. So I, 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 
Mike Vrabel keeps this team from being terrible. That, that's the bottom line. They have a great defensive line, and they have Mike Vrabel. And right now, they have a veteran quarterback in the worst division maybe in, in all of football with two other rookie quarterbacks. I, I would Worst-case scenario, I think, is that 6-7 win range, and that's if everything goes terribly wrong. We know the conversation as far as devaluing the position, but there's sentiment associated with Derrick Henry in Tennessee. That would be my assumption. What's the greater conversation about the running back there with the Titans? Uh, I think he's a human genetic experiment playing out before our very eyes. Like NFL defenses are undefeated against the human body. Derrick Henry's a pretty rare human body. Uh, so I think would Titans fans like to see him stay here? Yes. Were there some trade talks at, at the combine about moving him? Yes. Is it worth it to acquire him for what they want? No, which is why he is running the football for the Tennessee Titans. Even with a season where he was out for half the year, the guy averages like 300 carries and 1200 yards per season. So he, they want him to get to the 10,000 yard mark this year, which he'll do pretty easily. He'll take every single franchise record this year. But I would say much like with Ryan Tannehill, it's not about the position as much as it is about the age. And I think Tannehill and Henry, this is probably their last run with the Tennessee Titans. Does it mean Henry retires? I wouldn't be surprised knowing his personality and how kind of relaxed and how much his family matters to him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if Henry retired after the season, but he's also in one of the most spectacular human specimens I have ever been around. Like just from a physicality standpoint, he is still in like peak physical form. He's like 29 and he's still the size of like a small garbage truck. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he's going to test out that theory on on hum the human body versus NFL defenses. I think Derrick Henry is going to give it a test. Patrick, can I transition to college football? Of course. So I'm really curious about uh, about Vandy overall and uh, what we're going to see from this. But first off, before we get to the season long stuff, is this construction going to be done at the stadium? What's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, when it's supposed to be, which I think is like 2025 20, okay. or six or something like that. By the way, let's get to the important stuff uh, that I care about with Vanderbilt. It's a sentence no one I think has ever said in, in, in the human history. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, I, listen, the stadium is what it is. Like James Franklin was winning nine games here and he was begging people to come out. They couldn't fill 39,000 seats and they were a nine win team with the best coach in school history. It's just a tough fan base to sell to. And so they, they knocked down the South end zone. It's now like 28,000 and it's still probably going to be about 28,000 people in the stands like there was last year. So I don't, it's, it is what it is. I think Vanderbilt fans are excited that they're actually investing money uh, for the first time. They have 4 billion in endowment. They could have done this a long time ago and they just now are getting around to realizing that, Oh, Oh, we need to pretend to be a very competitive big time sec football program. If in 2032, there's a large breakaway, if we want to be included in that, you know, breakaway coming in, in college football. So uh, take the three and a half over. I like the over on the win total. They got much better last year. They're going to keep getting better this year. Are they a really relevant team in the SEC? Probably not, but I do like uh, I do like the over three and a half for sure this year. Tennessee's relevant, so let's discuss. Joe Milton, the arm is ridiculous. The accuracy is a question, Braden. Tennessee right now, DraftKings, nine and a half. However, you got to pay $1.80 to go under. So let's call it nine. Nine, nine and a half on the season win total for your volunteers. What do you got? Yeah, I, I would take the under as well. I think I have the under nine and a half. I got that a little earlier, so I might have got some better odds on that. Uh, but I would I would go under. I just think, you know, Hendon Hooker put the best season together in school history last year. I think it's just unfair to ask Hendon to ask Joe Milton to do the same thing. A guy who's never really been a, a, a starting quarterback. Now they are they have elite weapons at wide receiver. Josh Heupel's system is incredibly uh, quarterback friendly. They're going to score a boatload of points. Joe Milton's going to score a boatload of quote unquote fantasy points. They're going to run up the score on bad teams. Can he beat the good teams? I think that's a huge question mark. And I, I think again, Joe Milton could be the most productive SEC quarterback from a statistical standpoint and Tennessee could be a game or two worse. So at Kentucky, at Florida, at Alabama, Georgia, there, there's, a&M, I think, is a really tough game as well. I, I think nine and three would be about right. I would actually probably go eight and four. Did you do any journalistic uh, investigation into the field that Joe Milton threw that orange down on? Because I, I think that was only an 80-yard field, right? <laughs> that was not a 100-yard field that he threw the orange. Uh, I've, I've invested all off-season resources to figuring out the length of the field. Okay. Yes. Right. That's, that's <laughs> the entire budget. We blew the whole wad. <laughs> what has Heupel meant to the program? It's not just him. I think it's 
Danny White, the athletic director, Dondi Plowman, the, the administrator. This is what, what makes Alabama special. It's what makes Georgia special. It's what makes Ohio State special. Um, it's about alignment, and they got the right person in charge of the university, the right person in charge of the athletic department, and then hired the right coach. I, I still think there are questions about can you win a national championship with this particular system? I think that you have to beat Bama and Georgia routinely, and now you're going to add Texas and Oklahoma to the schedule. I think those are real questions, but I, th- but I think he's a, a very high level. He's got a high floor as a coach. And so if he's going to be eight and four, nine and three every year, can they pop up and do what they did last year every now and then? Yeah. The question is, can you do it every year and be on the same level as Georgia and Alabama? And I just don't think we know the answer to that question yet. Not with LSU, with Brian Kelly being really, really good. Texas A&M's recruiting like crazy. I, I just, it, he's got to keep recruiting, which he has done well, but to talk about what it means, 72,000 season tickets sold for Tennessee football. That, that's all you need to know about what he means to the university. Do the people of Nashville like or loathe being the new Austin? It's the hottest city on the planet. Do you like it or hate it? Uh, I moved here actually in 96 from Austin. Um, I, I miss the grungy, gritty clubs I used to go to when I was single. You know, uh, there was an old, gritty, dirty Nashville coolness to it. It's way slicker and sleeker, but we've made a lot of money on it. <laughs> so maybe we like it. Maybe we don't. I think it depends on what side of the bed you wake up on. You went from grimy clubs to teaching your wife about messy. You've you've made a great step you, in hey, life. That's, that's, Bra- <laughs> that's Braden Gall, of course. Uh, 440 Sports, ESPN Radio, SEC Football Live, a football show which covers the Titans is the pod. Thank you, Braden. Appreciate you. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.